Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up, Fran? Come on, stop, man. How you doing? Doing pretty good, man. Yesterday, and this is yesterday. yesterday we recorded this on Sunday. Yes, Saturday, Sunday morning. Still got crusties, morning, yeah, got crusties yeah, in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday, it was cold as shit, man. It was so cold. Brick, brick, the kids call it. It was so cold. Like, I had, you know, when I go out to work, I got my, I got, like, a hoodie, a jacket, mm-hmm. two shirts under Some that. layers. Then I got, like, my long johns pants, and I got, like, some, some winter, some winter sh- snow pants, mm-hmm. right? Yes. It was so cold, like, when I had to get out of the truck a couple times, the wind was blowing. Like, it, it wasn't that bad, but the wind was blowing. Yeah, yeah, no. And then. Arctic chill, cut, it cuts through the clothes, huh? Cut through the clothes, and it was, like. The wind was going up my jacket. Oh, at the so back, then, up the back, the so, spine. Yeah. So then, when I was getting back in the truck to sit down, oh, I felt all the coldness mm, inside my jacket, man. I'm, I'm, I'm listening, bro. <laughs> you know, I'm working hard to get you up out of there, man. Yeah, man. Every day, I'm, I'm grinding, bro. I'm, 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 I'm calling you, bro. Do you, do you have the, the new Patreon idea yet, or what? I'm like, how do it's we get? Shit, how do we? How do we get? Uh, Fox Searchlight Studios yeah. to greenlight us a true crime television show. Well, my brain show. be froze. I'm out. I'm so cold. I can't, think, <laughs> I can't take any ideas. I'm cold, man. No, I, <laughs> no but speaking of Patreon, man, um, we had our first virtual house party yeah. this past week, man. Yep. A, a round of applause for us, by the way. Went off without a hitch, I would say. I had so much fun. We played fun games. Yeah. We got people up on the screen. Um, we're definitely going to be doing another one next month. Yeah. Uh, we've been discussing... Our next uh, costume ideas and all this stuff we've been brainstorming, but friends, uh, brain is, is is cold a lot of times. But uh, <laughs> I think we, I think we've, I think we landed in a good space. We won't talk about it. We won't mention it. But um, how much fun was that, though, bro? It was fun, man. I had a real good time. Yeah, yeah. I really like the fan interaction. Yeah, it was listener interaction. So yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Word. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was just so fun. And it felt it felt like a house party, like it really did. It felt yeah, it, like it really, you know, you have these ideas in your head, and then when you see them come to life, it it really is like um, it feels good. It feels good when you when you when you have an idea in your head, and then when you get into the actual practicality of it, you're like mm. this. 
this is going. Like, well, this is yeah. work going well. People are coming in. People are talking. So um, if you're not on the Patreon, feel free to join, man. It's going to be more virtual house parties coming, more content coming. Um, super fun time. And uh, yeah, man, that was just a blast. But It was fun, man. Hey, also, I know we probably going to do a couple more until we hit CrimeCon. Sure. I'm bringing the glasses, man. What glasses? My sunglasses. I oh, those know. sunglasses? Yeah, oh, man. you I'm, bringing them what? To CrimeCon? I'm bringing them to CrimeCon, man. Oh, <laughs> boy. No, I'm excited. Are we going to wear sunglasses the whole time? I am. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> Oh, I'm so in. <laughs> Count me in. Oh my God, I'm in. Yeah. No, I'm in. No, yeah, no. I'm super in on that. So you see me in the, uh, you see the glasses? With the header blockers on. Yeah, man. Man. <laughs> no, that's a genius idea, man. Oh, man. glasses, man. I'm wearing them every, I'm at, I'm wearing them every house party. I'm just leaning into it, man. Yeah, man, you just show up, yeah, you just fucking show up with the buffs on, <laughs> right. just fucking blocked out. You see me, the drip, you look like fucking uh, Booker T from WWE. The wrestler? Yeah, the yeah. wrestler, bro. You fucking big old thick blue blockers on. No, I'm yeah. in. I'm in on that. Uh, friend, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about because I think they'd be uh, interesting conversations. Mm. Uh, first thing, we were talking off air a little bit about it, but I got the details pulled up for us to be able to really understand what happened a little bit better. So in Chicago, a man has recently been released after almost 20 years in prison once his brother confessed to the murder that he was doing time in prison for. So Kevin Duggar, who was, who was 44 years old, was released from jail on last Tuesday. The man spent nearly two decades behind bars for... Uh, a deadly 2003 shooting and was released after his identical twin confessed to the crime that was first made in a letter to his brother in 2013, nearly a decade after he was convicted. So initially the admission had little impact on Duggar's case with the judge ruling in 2018 that Smith's confession was not credible and declining to offer his twin a new trial. But after some time, uh, they obviously decided to, to, um, to flip on that and, and, and took the, the confession into consideration. So this is a very interesting um, crime or interesting story because it's basically Kevin Duggar and his brother Carl, the murder was a gang hit. Mm-hmm. So I assume that they are gang affiliated and there, there may or may not have been some rules at play here or, you know, uh, I don't really know. But the murder happened in 2003 and then 2013, his, Carl writes Kevin a confession. Carl with a K? Both with a K. Kevin and Carl. Okay. I'm sorry. And Carl's the one that was free. Okay. So it's strange to me to think that Kevin did a decade in prison and didn't have any suspicions that it might have been his brother, didn't hear any word on the street that from people like, you know, your brother did this. So I don't know if this that is some kind of weird sense. street politics thing or if this was some kind of like, uh, you know, like you watch 80s movies, right? And uh, the hijinks of twins. Mm-hmm. Oh, you go go take my biology quiz. You're better in, in yeah. that subject than I am. So I don't know if this is some kind of gangster twin. Because I don't, I don't know many gangster twin movies. But maybe this is some kind of gangster twin hijinks. Like you go do 10, ten of the bid while I get stuff settled. Mm-hmm. And then once I get everything settled, you come out. You're going to have 50000 waiting for you, whatever. And then I'll go do the rest of the bid. Yeah. You know, like I don't know. If this was just genuinely mistaken identity and then he had no idea why he's in wrongfully in prison. And then Carl's like, hey, bro. So uh, it was me. That doesn't make any sense, though. What part? Him being charged, but then not knowing his brother has something to do with it. Right. It doesn't make it, that. Especially was, your twin brother. Like their p- twins are like attached at the hip. Right. And it's like, how do you charge one of them, but not you know, question? Go the other look one. at it's the like, guy that looks just like him. Right. But it's like, well. Kevin was in the area and Carl wasn't. Mm. So that's why, that's why I, that will, that was the only way that can make sense, man. The other way that it can make sense. And this is why I'm like, maybe this is some kind of, you know, combination of gang life, street life and twin is Kevin gets arrested. 
knows his brother is the actual or has an inclination that his brother is the actual killer. And then when they start putting it on him, it's like, well, you can you can um, get your brother to confess or, I mean, or you can tell them. us you can tell on your brother yeah. and say, well, I'm not going to do that. And they're like, OK, well, then we're going to pin it all on you. Yeah. And, and putting him in that position to be like, OK, either I snitch on my brother or be my brother's keeper and eat this this fucking life sent i mean it's a murder case yeah i i think maybe that's what happened i think he might have he might have ate the charge for his brother i don't see his brother coming i'm like hey man look i did it and his brother going what yeah it was you like that's that's so that's why i feel like the letter was for evidence yeah the confession letter was like i'm sure they had already talked on the phone for years. And they like, read your mail. So, yeah. yeah. like, I'm sure they already talked on the phone for years. Like, bro, listen, I, I can't spend the rest of my life in here for something you did. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I'll send a letter up there confessing to you. And then let them, let them do what they'll do. Let them, let's see what happens. When I, if I confess to it and they come and get me and get you out, then that's what it's meant to be. I don't, but it's like, I don't know what to do from here because you're already in there. So maybe if I confess to you in the mail, they'll read the mail mm. and then reopen the case. And they did that eventually. Yeah. But he spent I, 17 years in prison. Yeah, I don't see it being like, hey, man, I can't spend my life in here. You need to fess up. But it's like, y'all, were, y'all had to be, y'all both would end on it. Y'all had both to be in on this thing. This gang yeah. attack. Y'all both like, y'all knew what the, Other the consequences was, was going to be. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's crazy for you to go like, hey, man, I can't, I can't be here, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think, and I don't want to uh, like cast aspersions or make, you know, prejudgments. I don't know these two men, but I feel like, I don't think this is a situation where Kevin was a banker and Carl was the bad boy of the the other twin. You know that that dynamic you see in movies like this brother didn't this this brother's doing great has a family and all this stuff and then the this brother just couldn't get his life together because of some other things. I think they were both doing the same you thing. You, you know, to. you can't th- charge one. Not, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, me. like I don't think this is. Uh, I don't think he's Andre through three thousand and four brothers, where he's like, I have a family. I work at the bank, and yeah. then all the other brothers are like street thugs. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Mark Wahlberg. I don't think Carl was Marky Marky Mark, and then Kevin was Andre three thousand. Fantastic movie, by the way. Underrated movie for brothers. I think there's a chance he took a charge for his brother. Yeah, had to be, and wrote it out for as long as he could. Which is which begs the question. How much do you really love your closest friends and your closest family? You know what I mean? Like, if, you, they're, if they're bros and they're in the street life, that's that's something you live by, I believe. But you, maybe in 2003, but now, these kids now, oh, they just come right out and be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not doing time for anybody. I they, but that's because they admit to it on social media. Oh, yeah, sure. They're filming <laughs> themselves. Yeah, we just killed all of them. Phone all in your face. Wow. Like, this is crazy. It's, it's, it's really is. Social media has I made just the- did a story that's long ago where they went on social media was like, y'all know what I did for this check. What? <laughs> social media has made the world very interesting. And yeah. uh, 2003 was kind of like. Yourself. Yeah, 2003 was probably the last era of that whole. Stitches get stitches. Yeah, snitches get, get stitches and stop snitching and yeah. um, don't say anything to the police. Now. Especially after that whole Takashi Six Nine debacle, this new generation of kids are like, I wouldn't do time for somebody who, when I have millions of dollars, they yeah. have all these. They've come up with all these like these things to justify their life of uh, working at Foot Locker. It's like I know we both went and robbed that kid, but like I work at Foot Locker, I make four hundred and fifty six dollars every two weeks. Yeah, I'm not gonna give that up to go what to go be a real one. It's like yeah, well that's kind of but that's what you're portraying yourself to yeah. be 
you're not you're not making millions of dollars so what nope don't care and also he was dming my ex-girlfriend so yeah no i <laughs> i did tell on him i you know what instead of just not saying anything i actively told on him that's the world we live in now it's like people are telling on people to to troll them i'm not saying being a uh, a uh an informant or you know helping fix the community is a bad thing i'm just saying if you sign up to be in a certain type of lifestyle and then you aren't built well, for that fan you want to fucking yeah stitch. that's i mean that's crazy just stay yeah. stay on the porch i learned that very early everybody not people not ready for that type of life man i think it's all they see on tv it just looks fun doing hood rat shit with your friends is is fun until it's not fun yeah until the police show up and it's like well somebody's going in the back of the car that's when it, all the fun and oh we throw we were throwing bricks through windows and all that goofy shit when the police show up and they're like well some who's going in the back of the car <laughs> Because somebody's going. Yeah. So you guys discuss that amongst yourself, but somebody's going to take the rap on this throwing the brick through the window charge. It ain't going to be me. And it's, 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 <laughs> if you are riding around with me and I'm, or you pick me up, I'm, I'm talking to you specifically. That's why I'm looking in your eye. <laughs> if you ever in life pick me up in your car yeah. and there's a fucking gun underneath the seat and you don't tell me and we're just riding around, I'm thinking we're going to Bonefish Grill and we get pulled over and they're like, oh, whose gun is this? It's under your seat. So it must be your gun. No, my seat or your seat? My seat. Oh. Because that's I'm the like, game that plays. I don't, I don't, like, I don't sit that's, over there. And, that, and, that's, and, that's, and that's when you're going to put me in a predicament where I got to snitch on my best friend. Yeah, but I'd but I be like, this is my car and I didn't, I don't, I don't own a gun. Oh, you're going to shoot us? And gonna, I don't sit in that seat, so I don't know how I got there. Oh, hey, man, I, I got two kids back home. I got to go back home. Oh, you're going to play the <laughs> kids get, card. I got to get Oh, you're going to play the kids card. So you're going to, you're going to, Kevin, you're going to Kevin me. You're going to Kevin Duggar me and I got to go sit and, I got to go sit and do 12 months in jail. And then we switch. <laughs> you do the first 12 i do the other uh six of the yeah. 18 yeah. i can't i can't do 12 i got kids man so i'll do six of it okay no you know what that's you're my brother so that's fair i'll do two-thirds of the bid what if that shit will people just start doing that shit though like that i don't the, but why half, can't you you're like hey listen i'll do the other i have half. good friends like i have good friends in my life like how about okay i got a five-year bid yeah. you do you do one we that's we just crazy. we 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 do a collective out of it that's you know crazy. it's like a co-op you do one you do six you months find a way how to beat the system yeah and shit. man it's like uh it's like subletting you sublet your sentence <laughs> like you do six months of it i'll do one and a half years yeah I don't see why you couldn't negotiate that with us. It's like, hey, man, listen, you guys got a, there's a head in the bed. Somebody's waking up, pressing those license plates, making yeah. fucking lanyards, whatever you, there's somebody doing the, the job for the industrial prison complex. Why does it have to be me for the whole time? Right. You know? So, I, you know, Airbnb your sentence. I, th I feel like that's something we should negotiate. I feel like that's something we could <laughs> discuss. Funny, We're talking about reforming the criminal justice system. Why not? Let's, let's throw time. it in there. Yeah, just throw it in there. Just throw it in there. See what happens. See what they say. All they can say, you know my motto. They're either going to say yes or they're going <laughs> to say no. no. What's stopping you? You know, like, it can't hurt you to ask. <laughs> yes, it's a good way to look at it. Yeah, like, that's my life motto. I'm like, either they're going to say yes. What's the worst they could say? What's the worst they could say? No. no. All right. We, uh, no. All right. Well, then we, hey, I tried. Good way to live by, man. Yeah, man, I tried. You I know, take I, that. <laughs> the other part, the other thing I'm going to talk to you is sticking on this, like, these, spin these crazy street incidences of violence. There were six dead bodies found in a home in Milwaukee last week. Mm -hmm. Three of the people found after, like, you know, after the cops started identifying people and everything, three of the people were set to testify in a trial soon. Shit. So it seems like it was a, like, a hit. Oh, yeah. You know? And more stuff is still coming out about it, but I don't think that's a coincidence, you know. Damn. So this was either some kind Who of. Who put like, no orders like that? Come on, bro. You listen. Did we talk about this from time to time? Like, neither of us are live any kind of street life. Well, we are both civilians, but we live in Baltimore, and 
there have been countless times where I've seen news stories where it on the surface, it just seems like a senseless act of violence. But because of where I'm from and just, you know, family member conversations and people that I know who do live that kind of life you know, you, 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 you get to, you, you almost get that. Like, uh, like in the movie, Constantine, Constantine can see demons. Everybody else can't see demons. Mm -hmm. And when you're around that type of stuff long enough and you live in a city like this, you can kind of see the demons. So it's like, Oh man, the guy was just going into the store to get a soda. And then they, somebody just randomly shot him 11 times. It's like, that was retaliation. It wasn't just some, Oh, the, the these people are animals like that you know and it's it's not it is <laughs> a lot of it people, is it's horrible so it's horrible yeah. but it's not like senseless yeah but people see but people see that people here also like read that news and go oh that was senseless like no yeah it made sense to the person that did it yeah a lot of times no. some some t a lot of times it's also senseless violence over over stealing cars or whatever but uh, not also, when they run into just the store apartment and shoot you in the head. That's not senseless. Yeah. That's not, yeah. that was a reason why that, I don't know why people would be so surprised when they see stuff like that. Like it was a reason they did that. Like yeah. that's just, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. So like it was a, like it was a, it was, it was a, um, a girl that was killed, but I don't remember that she was a hairdresser or whatever. She got killed in her shop. Yes. And people was like, what? That's crazy. And it was like, I'm not saying she did anything bad. I'm just Absolutely. like, there was a reason why that happened to her. Rest in peace. And it was super sad. Absolutely. It was like, they didn't just run in there and shoot her for no reason. Not saying no. she did anything bad. I don't want anybody to get the wrong. No, idea. The, the, because because there's a comparable example of, of that. There was another story from about a year and a half ago. I was talking to my dad about this. Um, a girl was shot in the back seat of a car mm -hmm. with her child in the back of the car. That was like she, a year ago, a year and a half yeah, ago, right? Yep. And the kid got out, was wandering around on the street, and then it came out that like that girl's boyfriend was X, Y, and Z. Yeah, you know, and so that's not her doing anything wrong. Right. But the the rules have changed in the world now. Yeah. And I wouldn't even I don't even know if the rules have changed, but because of social media, you hear these stories more because you're getting them from Chicago and mm -hmm. L. A. And so it's it's it just is like it really has changed the narrative. And there's a lot of people that might be in their forties now that are regular people but used to be in the streets and they mm -hmm. go we would never do stuff like that and it's like no this stuff was yeah, you happening know, yeah you don't hurt women and kids yeah like yeah. You, you might you, you guys were saying that but it was happening sometimes like if the stakes were high enough if you hated this person enough if this person was getting this much money then the rules didn't matter yeah. but now there are no rules so if something that might have been reserved for like a kingpin drug dealer like oh yeah we'll kidnap his kids and make sure he'll give give us a hundred thousand dollars now they'll do that over like a diss on twit on Twitter. Yeah. They'll be like, okay, well go kill his uncle. Yeah. You know, that's the world. Everything is like saturated and the stakes have become less high. Like people are doing the same violent shit that it's been happening, but now the, the, the reasons are way less. Yeah. And so now it's happening at a way higher rate. And that's I, why. One time I was with my brother hanging out and um, <laughs> he, like somebody he knew, like they went to some, they went to go look for somebody, right? Uh -huh. And the dude was like, he knocked on the door, and then like the parent, his mom answered, whatever. And he was mm -hmm. like, he was like, uh, "Hey, is what's his name here?" He said, no, he's like, "Oh, well, can you tell him I'm looking for him, or oh, I'm coming back here?" I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> that's the world. That's the I world. was like thirteen. I was yeah, like, yeah. "Oh hell no!" <laughs> 
that's the world, man. Like that's it's crazy. And that's it's, and you're not not the world. That's that world. Yeah, it's that world. And if you're not ready to be a part of that, then stay on the fucking porch, yeah, bro. Man. I, it's, and it was another situation. I'm sorry, you just bring back no. memories. <laughs> we was out. It was the same day, and it was mm-hmm. a dude. The same we, day. It was the same day. It was a dude out walking. Right, uh-huh. and my brother goes, "Say, ain't that what's name right there?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh, he don't know. We know that he told on what's name." It's like, "Shit." Yeah. So that guy's walking around <laughs> with a target. He's just walking around. Don't, don't even know. know, man. Everybody I knows. I was like, oh my goodness, man. Yeah. Street, that shit is different. That's yeah. a different world, man. Yeah. So that's why I say, and some people might hear this and go, well, that's senseless too. It's like, okay, yeah, but like there is a, they are operating within a world of <laughs> rules. Crazy, and man. there's yeah. not, it's not just, there's, there's a, there's a whole uh, rule book and stuff that they, and the rule book might be covered in blood yeah. and wrong and it's evil. And I get all that, but I'm saying when you when you when you live in a place like this when you when you see stuff that that uh Fran has seen some of the stuff yeah. I've seen you learn that like there are rules yeah and then there's consequences to those rules being broken and no matter how barbaric and and horrible that is a lot of the senseless quote unquote violence that you're seeing was based on something yeah you know it wasn't just like who's that dude i don't know who he is go shoot him in the head like yeah. there's a whole thing happening and that is why you see also headshot is personal that's that's oh, it's personal. Yeah, oh yeah yeah and also that's why you see just to tie everything all together just to kind of put a bow on what we're saying yeah. that's why you see drake and kanye west and all these famous rappers going around advocating for these high level gang leaders to be released from prison who put together these gangs mm-hmm. and then were busted in these big RICO charges back in the early 2000s and the late 90s. If they are out on the street, they can put together some kind of organization, some kind of structure. Mm-hmm. Because what happened is, in Chicago specifically as an example, the Gangster Disciples and all these gangs were created by people. Yeah. And then all those people got arrested. And now the only thing on the streets are a bunch of 16, 17 year old kids. And now it's been another generation of it. But even those kids didn't have, they didn't, they weren't like in positions of leadership. They were just kids who were representing some kind of gang and knew they didn't like this gang. And it wasn't about any of the stuff that was the gang was started for. And so Kanye West being a billionaire and being putting out free Larry Hoover shirts, there's a reason for that. There is a logic to like, Okay, well, if we put the guy that started the gang out into the world, it's, it's been too long though. I don't think that. that oh yeah, I don't it, think these kids. Were, I don't. I feel like it sounds good and people yeah. think it's a thing, but I feel yeah. like these kids today would be like, "Who the fuck is Larry Hoover?" Yeah, some fourteen-year-old kid being like, "Okay, let me not have beef with this street anymore because yeah. Larry Hoover's home." I don't know. I, but that's the that's the idea is that structure will fix this, because really what it is right now is the the country's flooded with guns and and kids are all riled up and on drugs and yeah. have all these these beefs that are 20 years old before they even live. It's like, yeah, I just know we don't like them. Mm-hmm. And it's on site, all this stuff the kids say. So it's just a crazy world. But there is a set of rules in it. it the, even if the rules are chaotic and don't make any sense, yeah. there are a set of rules in it. That's my only point. But anyway, let's go ahead and get into these Patreon shoutouts. Oh, yeah, it's time for some Patreon shoutouts. Fran, I made a joke on Twitter about... How I every week I come on here and I don't I actively tell myself not to freestyle rap. Okay. The names. Yeah. And I'm not gonna do it this week either. But the response was not what I thought it would be. People were like, why not do that? Yeah, why not? Well, cause for one I like it. Yeah, but if I ever was to freestyle rap on this podcast, it, it would I would have to pick some more boom bap type of shit. And uh, I would need more time to prep. I know it's yeah. freestyle, but like still. So, so, 
Huh? You still prep a freestyle. You still prep for a freestyle because you want to yeah. have some hot bars that you know are going to hit. Yeah. So maybe in the future, maybe perhaps. But today, it won't be that. Um, we're just going to do the regular just saying names like a human being. Boo. Don't, don't boo me. That's not cool. Isn't that a sound? No, we don't have boo. Oh. We are a positive podcast. We don't boo people. We what only we have? It was a smattering of applause yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah, like that. yeah. It was yeah. A, a very lackluster. Yeah, play that. I don't have that anymore. I took it off. Man, what's the point of having the buttons if you don't use them? What? what are you <laughs> Answer <laughs> that. Yeah, good, good point. <laughs> I, I, I did the applause, man. I do. I hit the buttons. I hit the ones that... Look. There's no such thing as a coincidence. That's still in there. Remember that? That was good times. Remember this one? Holy Spirit. Remember that one? Oh, Brought no. that one back. Oh, yeah. Good times, activate. man. They're Holy still sprinkled in there. Activate. 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 Okay, uh, I am activated. Up first, we got Deanna H. Shout out to Deanna H. Thank you for joining the Patreon. Much love to you. I don't know if you were at the virtual house party, but if not, catch us next time. Up next, we got Megan, Megan MK. MK Ultra, friend. You know what I'm talking about? You know, she's got that mind control. <laughs> Up next, we got Shannon L. Shout out to Shannon. She's doing her thing on the uh, the website. Yep. Shout out to Shannon. Doing big things. Much appreciated for all the hard work that you do. Up next, we got another Megan, but this one's a Z. Uh, shout out to you, Megan. Thank you for joining the Patreon. If you weren't at the virtual house party, what the hell were you doing? Up next, we got Larry E. Larry E. Shout out to Larry E. Much love and appreciation. One of my good friends in high school was named Larry. We, all, we, had, we had the same birthday. He was a red-headed, long-haired white dude who loved to wear Birkenstock sandals and go out and hike in the woods. And Never wherever... liked that name. Sorry. Huh? Never liked that name. Larry? Yeah. Why? I don't think they're trustworthy. Wow. All right. <laughs> I didn't think it would be that deep. Are you good? Yep. <laughs> Did Larry wrong you in something in life? Probably. I don't yeah, know. That's, that's a big, like, that's a big statement you just made. And I'm sure Larry E. is plenty trustworthy. I mean, you know, thank you, Larry. I don't, I don't. Not all Larrys, right? Not all Larrys are the same. Uh, up next, <laughs> not convinced. <laughs> up next, we got Stevie S. Shout out to Stevie S. Uh, much love and appreciation to you. Thank you very much. And it's not, it's not Steven Spielberg. Wink. Up next, we got Alyssa J. Shout out to Alyssa J. Thank you for the support, and we appreciate you. Hope you were to catch you at the next house party. Up next, we got Haley N. Um, and yeah, uh, I always have liked that name, Haley. Because Eminem's daughter's name is Haley, and he said it so many times in his raps that, you know, it just feels like home. Uh, up next, we got Sean M. I've never seen Sean spelled that way before. Maybe that's short for something. Anyway, oh, yeah, no. Yep, it's in their email address. I'm not going to say it. Uh, shout out to Sean M. Up next, we got Jessica, no last name. And then lastly, but never leastly, we got Jordan A. Like Michael Jordan, but not. Because... It's just Jordan. I don't yeah. know. Uh, shout out to all, all those people, and thank you very much for the support. Hope to catch you guys on the virtual house party next month. I mean, you guys have access to it now. Also, just to let people know, if you did not catch the virtual house party and you are a member of the Patreon, the link to the entire stream is still available. If you just click, if yeah. you just click that link on the Patreon, it'll take you to it, and you can rewatch the whole thing. It, admitted, but it's not like being there. Though. It's not like being there. But there were some fun moments that were to catch. Sierra uh, uh, from Akron, Ohio, talking about Pop Tarts. We we ranked some Pop Tarts. Uh, we had Lilius come in, and we did disrespectful, but you know, hey man, you gotta let that go. Okay, you gotta let that go, man. You've been talking about it all weekend, sending me text messages, talking about she going said to Akron bottom and, of the barrel. Yeah, she said she said brown sugar Pop Tarts at bottom of the barrel. But you also said that you don't toast your Pop Tarts, no. which is crazy. No. Especially when you eat the brown sugar ones. So you're eating cold brown sugar? You know, you like it warm it's and delicious. like all molasses-y? Mm, take the crust off, eat the middle off. <sighs> well, I have a bone to pick. 
with you about that, but we won't get into it now. But you know, yeah, we had we had Lilius B coming on there. We were dishing about podcasters and yeah. all that type of stuff, talking about you know all the great experiences we met and the cool podcasters we met. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah, so it was just a good time. So if you guys want to check that out, feel free to go over onto the Patreon, click that link, and watch the uh, old house party. Be like watching house party, the movie. Yeah, but not, not at really. all. It's like a, <laughs> it's more like a like a Zoom meeting, yeah. but fun, like a fun Zoom meeting. But yeah, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park All right, and we are back. Fran, Yeah, my affirmative murder this week is the story of Adina Hines and Lamar Davenport. Okay. Okay. In 2015, Lamar and Adina, a young New York couple, were living the type of life that you might see in the movies. Lamar was chasing his dreams as an aspiring rapper, while Adina was living the grind of a working actor. They lived together in a very nice apartment in Washington Heights. It was no secret that the couple had a tumultuous relationship, however, which was fueled by infidelity, fathered children with other women, and PCP. Mm. Now, PCP is one of several drugs known as hallucinogens. It can also work as a stimulant, an an anesthetic, or a painkiller, depending on how much is taken. The name PCP is a short form of the drug's chemical name. Some street names for PCP are... Angel dust, supergrass, and rocket fuel, baby. Um, that must be what they call it on the other side of the tracks. <laughs> uh, on the street, PCP is often sold as white powder. It can also come as a liquid, capsule, or tablet. Like all hallucinogens, PCP affects the mind and the senses. Users may see and hear things that aren't really there. Hallucinogens also affect the person's emotions and ability to think clearly. PCP has different side effects on different people. It causes some people to feel joy and others to feel nothing but anxiety and panic. Sometimes the panic can lead to violent behavior. Some people have symptoms such as delusions, hallucinations, and paranoia. Now, there have been numerous warning signs about Davenport's tendency to become violent while high, which he ignored. And tragically, on August 16, 2015, Davenport stabbed Hines 25 times in full view of witnesses outside of their Washington Heights apartment. He only stopped with the final plunge in the heart, which is where he left the knife. Damn. When police arrived to the scene, he was still on top of her. Davenport, who was 30 at the time, was arrested at the scene. He faced a maximum of 25 years in prison for first-degree manslaughter. During Davenport's trial, text messages revealed a rumor that had been buzzing in Hollywood since 2009. 
The rumor? That Adina Hines was having a complicated love affair with her adoptive grandfather, Morgan Freeman. What? In fact, it was Freeman who paid for the former couple's half a million dollar Washington Heights apartment. Davenport's lawyers accused Freeman of secretly sleeping with his step-granddaughter. Around six weeks before her murder on July 3rd, 2015, Hines texted Davenport saying she was having difficulties with an older man. Mm. Step-grandfather. Step-grandfather. So Morgan Freeman married a woman and adopted her daughter. Okay. But Morgan Freeman's a bajillion years old. Yeah. So that woman who he adopted had a, a, a daughter who's Adina Hines. Okay. And so that's his step-granddaughter. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. He's so old. Anyway, <laughs> uh, she wrote, I don't ask him for advice. He was calling to ask me redacted. I blocked him for myself, not for you, because men who equal grandpa feelings don't need to be in my life at all. The couple were discussing their relationship in the exchange and whether or not to take a break at the time when her grandpa came up. Davenport at one point messaged her her saying, when it comes to your grandfather, there's always a submissive love that will always be there. And he put the little ellipses in there for, for, you know, so you could kind of read between the lines of the text messages that they were reading in court. Yeah. Uh, The actor has denied these allegations. Davenport was sentenced to 20 years in prison for fatally stabbing the inspiring actress in a PCP-fueled frenzy. Mm. The hearing featured an emotional apology from the defendant, who began his remarks by recalling details of his rocky, drug-fueled relationship with, with Hines. Her favorite color was blue. Her, fav- her favorite flowers were peonies. Her favorite author was Toni Morrison, he said. Uh, they had two cats named Hootie and the Blowfit. Uh, uh, yeah, wait. <laughs> That's a band or something, right? Yeah, it's a band, but I, I would hope that it's the cats are named Hootie and Blowfish. <laughs> but they wrote Hootie, Hootie and, the and the Blowfish. Like, this is Hootie and this, this is, is the, the Blowfish. Blowfish. No, this is Hootie and this is Blowfish. <laughs> I would assume what is what it was. But yeah, but that's like cute. It's like yeah. they, were, they were like, a, you know, a New, a New York couple, you know, being all obscure. So uh, they had they had two cats named Hootie and Blowfish, as I'm going to assume. But they didn't like the band. So it just was like, just to be funny, you know. Um, he said quote i don't remember i don't remember what happened everything reminds me of her i didn't mean for this to happen i couldn't possibly want this to happen i'm so sorry heinz's niece and mother at, at times sobbed as they described the pain the killing caused there will forever be an empty seat at our family's gatherings this is the way everyone in our family feels from youngest to the eldest heinz's mother Dina Adair, who was the one who was adopted when she Mm -hmm. was a kid by Morgan Freeman, said, our family is shattered by the loss of her light. And this young lady, like I said, she was an aspiring actress. She had nailed it. She got a couple of roles. She was young. She was, you know, she was doing her thing. Uh, Freeman put out a statement saying at the time of the murder, the world will never know of her artistry and talent (laughs) and how much she had to offer. Which is like, that's big coming from Morgan Freeman. Yeah. You know? Whether or not the affair part was true, like this is this is this guy's family and to make it salacious and the idea that like he didn't have anything to do with her murder, like he didn't need to come up. But it did play a role in the guy's defense in a way if he was saying uh, this might have fueled the delusions in my brain while I was high on PCP, I might have felt like she was having an affair or whatever. You know, yeah. I understand them if that's what they were going for. Anything other than that is like, why is he even being mentioned? Because he's just being Morgan Freeman off somewhere. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, I came across that story and I just thought it was interesting and sad because a lot of people like use alcohol as an excuse for stuff. I've seen people use drugs as an excuse for violent behavior, as an excuse for being assholes. And a lot of people's argument is like, you know, drugs and alcohol, they just make you more of who you are. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily believe that, especially when it comes to hallucinogens. So I don't know if this guy, Lamar Davenport, is a bad person. I know that he was being unfaithful to, unfaithful to his girlfriend and had children on her outside of their relationship. That I don't think that makes him like a murderous person. He has a criminal history of, you know, being busted with drugs and stuff like that. But I think it is entirely possible that this guy did PCP and freaked out and murdered his girlfriend. And that what he said in court was true, that he's remorseful, that, you know, he's sorry he didn't mean to do it. I think all that stuff can be true. Can I prove that it is genuinely his feeling? Mm. No, but I could I my my entire point is that I don't I don't think nobody I don't think people should be able to use the drug defenses like so I'm innocent. But I think that it's fair to take it into consideration if you're a judge to go. Do they have a violent past? Or did they do these drugs and then did this horrible thing? To me, so he's innocent? No, no. Just to be like, maybe not life. Nah. He got sentenced to 20 years. Nah. So I think it came into he consideration. Got 20, oh, you're saying he, he stabbed her 25 times and yeah. left a knife in her heart. He should have got life. Okay. But that's, that's, that's fair. But, that's fair. but, but either that's, way, you don't think that plays, that you don't think that should be considered? I can, but if you also. Don't, I mean, I just want to hear your It's your also, reason. but it wasn't just the drugs, though. He was also emotional about whatever the situation that was going on. Okay. But and uh, and drugs could add on to it, yeah. Sure. But it could enhance that a little bit. But still, though, he you was, still he, took responsibility of taking the drugs. That's still on you. Fair. No, that's fair. That's 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 fair. That's fair. Is in that he took PCP. Yeah. And PCP isn't weed. Like yeah. you know, you don't take it. It's not a. You, oh, I'm gonna just relax with a little joint. Oh. You know, it, it is a very intense hallucinogenic drug that he chose to be. A, you know, not well, right. I don't know if he's addicted to it. You know, like that's the thing. Then you get yeah, into that. He has, a, he has a he has a past of being with drugs, so I mean, he has to have some type of addiction. Yeah, I mean, he he knew what he was getting into. It's not like he took the drug for the first time and was like, "Oh, I didn't." Yeah, this wasn't I didn't his know first time was doing PCP. Happen. It right. wasn't like an accidental yeah. PCP. He was a PCP user. Yeah, yeah, that's still got to take responsibility. Just like that dude that killed that girl in that in that in Vegas. He still got behind the wheel, take responsibility of you drinking alcohol and driving drunk. Yeah, yeah, Henry still. Rose. Yes. Okay, I get what you're saying, and it and it and it's move it's moving me off my point a little bit. Where I go, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say he chose to do PCP. He's he he's a PCP user. It wasn't his first time using PCP. He's a he's been made aware by people right. in his family. Like, hey man, we think that when you do PCP, you have a tendency to get uh, violent tendencies. Right. That dude Rugs Riggs, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. If you would have said that in his case, I can kind of go maybe because. This is probably his. It was probably his first time getting drunk driving. Maybe, I guess you could say. Possibly. But, yeah, but I mean, like, but what adds on to that? He was driving a hundred and something miles per. Yes, that when you add that on, <laughs> it's like fuck all that right. alcohol. Exactly. And he was impaired and all. Yeah. It went somewhere completely stupid. Yeah. And 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 I use that same like if he would have gotten high on PCP, and hit her, which is also inexcusable. Right. Then you might go. Was well, he ever hit her before? Then you then you can start doing what I'm doing, which is like, right. Well, if he's never, he doesn't hit her when he's sober, then hey, I don't Drugs know. Play a big part. Drug play a part in it. But it's like he stabbed her 25 yeah. times. And then he was still on top of her when the police came. And it's like, okay, well, that's like supremely violent. Yeah. I, yeah. Don't, I don't know if I can say, hey, let's maybe 
take that into consideration. Like, right, right, you know, right. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting conversation. I'd love to hear what people think. Um, anyway, yeah, no. So that was the tragic murder of Adina Hines uh, at the hands of Lamar Davenport. Uh, just this happened in 2015. It was just um, yeah, it was an actual. Week. How old was she? She was 33. He was 30. Okay. She was Man. 33. He was 30. So yeah, life thrown away. He was an aspiring rapper. I didn't hear any of his shit. Sure. But I'm sure he was. I'm sure it was not very good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, tragically, a life was taken very much too soon. And she was doing her thing and rest in peace to her. Um, I would do some kind of drug PSA or something like that, but I use drugs. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be a hypocrite. You know, I don't want to be a pot calling the kettle black, but I've never done PCP. And you know something? I hope not. I never will. I can go I ahead and never. say <laughs> I like that. I like the attitude. I tell you what, 65, I will never say never at That's that point. Crazy. If I make it to 65, going crazy. You might die of a heart attack. Oh, yeah, you when you come over all boring, like, oh, yeah, I'm eating these flaxseed pills. I got, okay. fucking, I got fucking suspenders and coke in my nose. And I'm like, yeah, man, you want to do some PCP? No. No, I do not. I gave you my apple a day. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a hell of a uh, buddy comedy in 40 years. We got to make that movie. Just old as shit. One of us is doing copious amounts of drugs, yeah. and the other one's trying to just make it to a hundred. Right. I'm fucking living yeah, on man, the edge of my seat, man. Yeah, oh, you know, you know, <laughs> hey, you know, we might be. This might be the new life. Right. We could do this now. It's prosthetics. Yeah, shit, man. We might have to get on this. We might have to cut all, cut all this out. Somebody yeah, steal this idea. We in Vegas. We pitch somebody. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Vegas would be like a. It'll be a porno. Vegas. Vegas isn't. Vegas isn't the place to like pitch. So, well, what be. if you guys um. Go to a strip club. Yeah. And then you get some young ladies. Yeah. Then you guys pull out old, <laughs> old fake dildos. Yeah. And then you guys have sex in the strip club. Like, no, no, we wanted to yeah. make like a family, like a family comedy. That's not what we want to do. That's not at all what we were talking right. about pitching. Well, Vegas, babe. You want some PCP? That's Vegas. No, what do you say? You want some, uh, what is turn? What is, what's the, the drug name? Oh, you want some rocket fuel? Rocket fuel? Let's, let, let's do some rocket fuel and really uh, flush this idea out. I feel like this could be a very good uh, old balls Six, yeah. you know, he was always porns. Always have like, why is there eleven of these? B a w l z, old balls, old ballsy men. Yeah, six. I'm like, no, let's do some rocket fuel. And I think you guys are gonna come around in the idea, Vegas, baby. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, welcome back. My affirmative murder this week is. Uh, about the story of Benita Jacks. So as a child, Jacks attended school in Charles County, Maryland. Jacks told police that she had left school in the sixth grade, but during her trial, her mother, Mammy Jacks, said Benita had dropped out of the 10th grade when yeah. she was 17 years old and pregnant with her first child, Brittany Jacks. After having her second child, Tatiana Jacks, Benita met Nathaniel Fogel in 2000. While she was working at a hairdresser and subsequently gave birth to Nakia, Nakia, sorry, and Asia Fogel. In 2005, Jax and her four daughters lived with Mammy Jax for a short time after being evicted, but they moved, they moved out when Mammy Jax refused to allow Fogel to stay with them. Mm. The family lived in a variety of places, including a homeless shelter before a nonprofit organization helping them to move into Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C. row house in August 2006. Now, now, with that part about the mom going like, you know, you can stay here, but your boyfriend I, can't stay here. That's fair. That's fair. I feel like as of the guys, the father should be like, 
I'll find somewhere to stay. Yes, absolutely. You guys stay. You guys stay here. Yeah. Felicia, you worry about them having a shelter before you fi- you you figure it out. Yeah. Your man, figure it out. Absolutely. And then be like, nah, just I can't stay there. No, nah, we all out. Just yeah. So we all now you're all in the street. Be homeless. All the kids out in the street now you're homeless. So neighbors and family members describe Jax as a caring, attentive mother until the period following Nathaniel Fogel's death in February 2007. Mm. Until Jack's 2008 arrest, her mother had not seen her or the children since 2005. Oh, wow. But said in court that she had no reason to believe the children were in danger in spite of a 2006 call that she made to the Charles County Social Service Department for information about the girls. Mammy Jax testified, I never saw her mistreat the girls and the girls never complained about her mistreatment. However, LaShawn Wranglin, a friend with with whom the Jacks and Fogel had lived for several months in 2006, testified about arguments between Brittany and Benita Jackson. Now, Brittany is her oldest child. Mm. And Brittany and Benita Jackson, and, ben- and Benita pushed, pushing, I'm sorry, punishing her oldest daughter by denying her food and isolating her from the younger girls. Mm. Um, so, Brittany and Tatiana are from another father. Okay. Nakia and um, Asia are from Nathaniel. Got it. Wranglin also said that Jack, Jax and Fogel often allowed their daughters, Asia and Nakia, aged three and four years old at the time, to smoke marijuana what? while their parents laughed. Her boyfriend, Nathaniel Fogel Jr., died of cancer in, two, in February 2007. Oh, wow. Yep. I wasn't expecting that to be the cause of death. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, as far as being parents, wasn't the best. Um, it's like um, it's babies raising babies, man. Yeah. You know, you have a yeah. kid. But you, I mean, you 17. have you have two before those two, and it's like you haven't figured it out. Sure, yeah, yeah, it is weird to like <laughs> the the younger two. You're having them smoke weed, and I've seen videos like that on Facebook. Crazy, like people get you know like oh oh look he's he's smoking it hilarious. Like why are you? This is child abuse, and you're filming exactly. it. Exactly. Yep. I just don't understand that. So after Nathaniel's death, Jax grew increasingly isolated. Jax did not attend um, Nathaniel's funeral, and family members said that Jax did not tell her daughters that Nathaniel had died. Oh. A neighbor testified that Jax had taken the neighbor's daughter to McDonald's, to McDonald's along with Jax's own children in March 2007, and that Jax's daughter uh, were always clean and their hair was always done. When the neighbor saw Jax again a month later, her children were wearing white T-shirts and rags on their head. Mm. So it's so once you like see somebody all the time, and then you like, oh, they always look good, and then yeah. after a while you go, they start to like just not upkeeping with yourself. Yeah. It's like, oh, something has it's to big be red flag. Something has to be going on. Grief is a motherfucker, man. Yeah. Grief yep. grief is a motherfucker, man. Yep. So when the neighbor saw Jax uh, again a month later, the kids were wearing white t shirts and rags on their head. Jax told neighbors that the family's food stamps had run out, but she was reluctant to apply for more due to the paperwork required. Nathaniel's mother said that after her son's funeral she had come by to the Jacks' home several times to see her grandchildren, but Jacks either would not let her in, or would call her and tell her not to return. Mm. So Brittany Jacks' boyfriend, again, is the oldest daughter, um, Le, boyfriend Lapoy Kelly, testified that the what Lapoy Lapoy yeah, L E E P O Y L L E E P O Y yeah, okay yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Different. Uh, right. Uh, testified that he saw Brittany for the last time in March 2007 after Brittany had been absent from school for about a month. 
and that she seemed a little sad. After their brief visit, Brittany stopped responding to Kelly's calls to her cell phone and message to her MySpace account. In April and May of 2007, Brittany Jack's social worker Kathleen, Kathleen um, Lops made repeated attempts to verify Brittany's safety. At the time, um, Lops was an employee of Booker T. Washington Charter School, which Brittany attended. On April 27th, mm-hmm. Kathleen visited Jack's home with a police officer and another school employee, but Bonita Jacks refused to allow them inside. Kathleen testified that she saw the two young, younger girls in the living room and that they appeared unkept. Over the next few days, Kathleen made repeated calls to F- CFSA as well as the, as the police. So as a result, Kathleen calls police surgeon James LaFranchise. <laughs> That's his name. And I read it, I was like, that, I can't be saying his last name right. Yeah, and I looked at the video and I was like, oh, that is how you say his name. LaFranchise. LaFranchise. Like, like the franchise. Yes. LaFranchise. James LaFranchise. Uh, so she called police surgeon James LaFranchise. Uh, to visit the Jacks home on April 30th, 2007 and interviewed Bonita Jacks in her front yard. Um, in the initial report, LaFranchise said that he had seen only the three younger girls on his visit. He filed a follow-up report on January 13th that said he thought he had seen Brittany as well. Mm. He reported during the, during the homicide, this is early, what's about to happen, homicide investigation that the girls, including Brittany, appeared clean and well-fed, healthy and playful. Also, after what happens... There was something that had to be like, um, there was some type of reform that had to be like, you have to um, do a report. Because he didn't put in a report till after Got it. the kids were, these kids were murdered. That's what happened. So this so case had changed to, the way that they do things. Yes, they had to change the way they, like you had to report after every visit. You have to okay. put in something. So this dude didn't do it until like a couple weeks after. And it was like, what? Like we didn't have this information. We would have followed up on it. Right. Um, so he said that he thought Brittany was well, and he reported during the homicide investigation that the girls, including Brittany, appeared clean and, w- clean and well-fed, healthy, and playful. When questioned at Jack's trial, the franchise said that he had not seen Brittany at the house. He said that he had not been told to look for a teenager, teenager and assumed that he was there to check on the three younger girls, even though he spoke with uh, Kathleen on his cell phone mm-hmm. while he was at Jack's house. And wrote it in the report that he saw her, right? He said he thought he saw her in the report. But in, on, on the stand, he said, I didn't see her. He said he didn't see her. When he, was on, he said he was only there. He said, thought he was there to see the uh, three of your girls. When he was on the phone with Kathleen, who called in. About like, the four girls. About the four girls to go check on these girls. So he just wanted to get it done so he could go home. Yeah. Which yeah. is what happens a lot in these, in these cases. Right. These like well, well, welfare checks and yeah. all this type of stuff. Yeah. So the D.C. Police Department said that they would not be conducting it, conducting an internal investigation of the franchise and the inconsistent reports. So on May 10, Kathleen wrote a letter to the Youth Social Service Division of D.C. Superior Court expressing her fear that Brittany, Brittany Jacks was being held hostage. Social workers did not investigate her concerns. In May of 2007, Jacks moved all of the furniture from her house into the backyard and started losing weight. Jacks told another neighbor whom she often asked for water and cigarettes, that she had cancer. During the summer, Jack's former neighbor smelled a foul odor in the area, which some guessed was a dead rat. Mm. The last person to see any of the children alive was the neighbor and family friend, Tawana Richardson, who delivered Social Security checks to Jack's twice a month. Richardson said that she saw the two youngest girls in the family living room in 2007, and Jackson had not seen Brittany Jack's for several months after. So on January 9th of 2008, 
Federal marshals came to Jax's home to serve her with an eviction. Jax came to the door wearing only a white T-shirt with brown smudge marks on it and refused to allow refused to allow them inside. It was later discovered that those brown smudge marks on a white T-shirt were dried blood. Mm. When the U.S. marshals identified themselves, Jack attempted to shut and lock the door, but Deputy U.S. Marshal Kevin Rurick placed his boot in the doorway and they forced their way inside the dark home marshals. And the marshals found, when they walked in, they found religious writings all on the wall. Mm. Um, and according to Washington Post Deputy U.S. Marshal Kevin and Nicholas Garrett said they could immediately smell an odor of rotting meat, mm. like stink bait, which they thought was rotten or spoiled food. Jax made an apparent attempt to block or slow down um, Kevin, Kevin and Nicholas as they made their way up the dark staircase. As they reached the top of the staircase, um, Kevin could see the bodies of the small children lying in the first unfurnished um, bedroom. They were placed side by side in a very bad state of condition. Mm. The bodies of the three young girls lined up according to age, each wearing a white T-shirt. I don't know what's up with the white T-shirt thing. Um, yeah, they all weird. were wearing white T-shirts. Oh and the body of Brittany Jacks was in another upstairs bedroom, nude, lying on the floor in a pool of blood underneath a white T-shirt. Oh. Uh, I did read another article that the reason why she had Brittany in another room because she said she didn't want her trying to get the other kids to like rally together, but like we need to try to right figure something. Because she's like, because she's the oldest. Yeah, how old is she, by the way? Like she, I mean, she's old enough. She to was have seventeen. A boyfriend. She was seventeen. Yeah, so that's like not an adult, but like that's a fight. Yeah, so that's not like a a four, a four year old. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Jeez. Yep. Um, an object that appeared to be. A steak knife laid nearby, and there was um, a dried maroon colored, I mean, sorry, a dried maroon liquid around the body, mm. according to documents. So, medical examin- examiners who examined the bodies determined that three young girls had been strangled. There was evidence of binding on the necks of Tatiana and Nakia, and evidence of blunt force injury to the head of Asia, to the head of Asia, and, and binding on Binding on her neck as well. Mm-hmm. So according to documents, uh, and that Brittany had been stabbed repeatedly. Oh, it was a fight. Yeah, I already, yeah, yeah I already know that. Um, so Brittany had been stabbed repeatedly, but due to the body's high level of decomposition, examiners were unable to uh, to definitely to definitively attribute these injuries as as causes of the girl's death. Um, so they the examiner was like, "Hey, this is happening, but we can't say that it's they been died so from long. This. Yeah. yeah, that's." That's so fucking foul. Yeah. And the crazy part is like, you know, I feel like a lot of people people probably understand this. Like, I think I could probably like, if my mom wasn't my mom, I know for a fact, if it, if we if we Greco-Roman wrestled, yeah. I would destroy her. <laughs> Pen her down. Yeah, think you said that before, put her in a full man. Nelson. But that mom, it's that mom part. Yeah. Where it's like, if she ever really put her hand, like if she was trying to put her hands on me, you just all the strength or whatever it just is gone. Yeah. So you're already working against that, and your mom's trying to kill you. Yeah. I don't think you could ever really. It's some. It's like a. It's like a. It's like a chip in your brain as a kid. Like I don't think you could ever really, even if you can, like physically, mm. you can beat your mom. Yeah. You could. Def, you could defeat your dad. I think it's just something in you, like nature, that mm. like it wouldn't allow your you mind. To. Your mind wouldn't let your body to be like. If it was somebody else, to yeah. use full strength on somebody. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think it's like a like a like an like yeah, a little man. inhibitor, a little governor chip. Like, yeah. yeah, I can't I can't go and that and that probably 
is what got her yeah. killed. Because, you know, you, you you really don't think your mom's trying to stab you. Right. I feel like something in your brain is telling you, like, no, she's just mad or I can tell her to calm down. Yeah. And then it and then it doesn't go that way. Right. So that's like that's so tragic. Yeah, man. Uh, so according to Jax, all four of her daughters had died in their sleep. So this is what she said. Although she, she had made unsuccessful attempts to revive them, Jax also told investigators that the children were possessed by demons mm. and began dying in their sleep one by one. So she was saying that they was possessed by demons and they died in their sleep. The demons killed them. By age, like the oldest one was first. Oh, like was, it was a plague of some kind. Like yeah. it was going through the family. Yeah. Mm. So she, like she said, she be, they began dying in their sleep one by one within um, seven within a seven-day period. So she also said that she had not fed her children for a substantial time before their deaths. Bodies were in the apartment more than, they said the bodies were in the apartment more than 15 days based on the insects that were found there. So mm. flies, maggots. And yeah. She said Nathaniel appeared in her dreams and telling her all four girls must be taken from her. And Nathaniel took the girls to stop her from suffering and also told her they would be resurrected and for them to be together, she would have to suffer. This is nuts. I'd be like, "Ma'am, this is the plot of the Prince of Egypt. Like, this is <laughs> this is not you're this is not a cartoon." Yeah, it's crazy how you know um, how somebody could just be f- mentally fine and like they lose somebody yes. there. This is a psychotic they was, break. They was close to, and then it's like, yes. oh shit, just goes shit mm-hmm. goes left. This is a psychotic yeah. break. Brought upon by her losing the father of her children. Yeah. But this is a, I mean, this is, I mean, wow, though. Yeah. And there were so many, and this is the thing, this is the thing, and this is also, there's so many, there's so many conversations that we had here, and I'd I'd love to have all of them once you finish, but just to just give people previews, like mental health in the black community, Mm. you know, like, I mean, this lady was putting her furniture outside, and there was nobody around to really say hey like you should go get some help like there was nobody there like no. the idea of help was it was just like oh, i don't know she's she's tripping because black people just go i was mama business yeah exactly exactly right so there's that and then also i think there's a redemption here for us now 200 episodes into this this is reminding me so much of the michelle blair case and i feel like we can have that conversation yeah. it also reminded me of that though i mean this is not the same like how the story went but yeah. the the guy that that murdered his family the guy, he had dreads. That big dude. Oh yeah, yeah. The guy, the guy in Sacramento. I know that yeah, was, yeah. It was different. Yeah, yeah. But he was. It was kind of still the same. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Occult, it was on, there's some. Occult it was on elements. the same block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. adjacent. It's yeah, adjacent yeah. for sure. Go ahead, continue. Sorry. So Asia died first, and um, they and they said they lived with the body for two days before the other ones, mm. the kids passed away. So Jack's trial on twelve. Jack's trial on twelve charges, including premeditated first degree murder, felony murder. And cruelty to children towards each of her four daughters began on July 15, 2009 in Superior Court of the District of Columbia. Jax pled not guilty and rejected an insanity defense. Wow. Yeah. The verdict uh, guilty on all charges except the first degree murder of Brittany Jax. And that was decided by the um, presiding judge, Frederick um, H. Weisberg. So they found her not guilty of that? It, that was going to be for another jury. Another got it, got it. Like a separate trial. Right. Yep. So on December 18, 2009, following her conviction, Jack was sentenced by Judge Weisenberg to 120 years in prison, mm. 30 years for each of each murder. Mm. Weisenberg rejected a defense motion calling into question that Jack's earlier refusal to use an insanity, insanity defense. He also rejected the defense suggesting that the, the sentence should not run concurrently. So they tried to say, like, we want to use it now? 
Is that what yep. you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Nah, that's too late. Nah. Mm-mm. So two days following the discovery of the dead bodies of Jax and, and Nathaniel's children, Mayor Adrian Fenty announced findings of a preliminary investigation of the district agency involvement and preview reforms to take place in the district government operations in response to the tragedy. So after this went down, mm-hmm. that's when it was like, oh, we need to change how the system should, how it should, how it's supposed to go. It's just, you know, I think about this so often, like we, because it, it runs so deep. Even when you talk about, um, like I'm in a union and we even when you talk about like government and things like this, social service programs, it's so run by, it's so, it's so easily fallible because so many people involved. Mm-hmm. So like when the Gabriel Fernandez thing happened, when that kid was killed, yeah. it was tragic. And then it went so deep and it found, they, it turned out all this money was being moved around and it was just all this shady shit and people were lying about the hours they were working and all this horrible shit. And shout out to all the social workers out there because we have social workers that listen to this podcast. Yeah. I mean, this is not an indictment on you guys, but like, you know how overwhelmed the system is. So just follow along with what I'm saying. Even in the situation that you're talking about here, like in, with this, this Jax woman and her kids, they overhaul, quote unquote, the system. Oh, they change everything and we're going to make it this way now and that way now. And there are going to be some people who are really good social workers who, who uh, are proud of this and, and, and stand by this and we're going to do it this way from now on. But then over time, there's always going to you, – you, you build a 10-foot wall, somebody's going to build a 20-foot ladder. When you talk about human error, there's always going to be people who don't want to work, who want to take shortcuts, yeah. who want to get home early, who want to get paid while they're on vacation – Whenever you're talking about a world like that, and it's, it's so fucked up to say it when you're talking about kids' safety, but at a some point, every at some point, there is a percentage of people in the world who are just floating through life. Like not everybody's passionate, not everybody's trying to be the best at their job. There are some people who are just like, I'm working for the weekend. No matter how noble the profession is, surgeons, whoever, it's like I'm just working for the weekend. When I when I had the realization after listening to um, uh, Doctor Death. Because it wasn't a realization I had until I was almost like 25 years old. I didn't realize this. It was like, you can get a medical degree and all that shit with a C average. C is but, passing great. Yes. So like, <laughs> but but the idea that there's like, no, there's like surgeons are better than not all. It's not like. It's uh, levels. Yeah. It's not like, oh, everybody knows how to fly a plane. Like you press this button, you flip this. Ah. We all learned how to fly the same plane. It's like, no, no, no. There are good surgeons and there's surgeons that were like, I partied every night, drank beers. Yeah. And I, I passed my exams. I passed them. Once you, once I like really had that rev, like when I realized, like, oh wow, this dude's like the guy, the guy in, in Doctor Death is like a terrible surgeon. He 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 read all the books, he passed all the classes, but like it didn't stick. Yeah, and so he shouldn't be working on people. Once I learned that you could be like bad at a job like that, it's like, oh yeah, no, people fuck off on so many jobs. Yeah, and so that's always going to be built into the system. No matter you make the reforms and changes, there's still going to be people that go to these houses, no matter what the new rules are. They find a new way to log in the thing, but they didn't go. Yeah. Now with the new log, they still find a new way to go. Oh yeah, I did it, and I saw it, and whatever, and uh, you know, now I'm home by four thirty yeah, today. It's I the wanted, money. I got. I wanted to go to the movies tonight. You're working for just a paycheck, especially with a job like being a doctor. That's like, I feel you. You would think that people, every, all that should be you passionate yeah. about that type of that type of uh, no, but job. No. But it's like no. Nah. So no, this I looked up. I, there are people who became medical doctors, X-ray technicians, all these types of things that go. What job makes six figures? And just pick it. that. Yeah. I just picked that. Yeah. You know? They're bad lawyers. They're people, there are people who just aren't good at their job. And that's always going to be built in. And not only people that aren't good at their job, people who are trying to get home. Yeah. You know, how can I short shortcut 
our friend got fired for sleeping in his car, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's always yeah. that's always a thing. Like, you, 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 and especially when you get away with it for a few times. Yeah, that's why one of my favorite, one of my favorite like conundrums, like my, one of my favorite moral conundrums, is from Ozark when um, uh, Marty he gets found out that the the his company the first season they were skimming drugs, mm-hmm. and the the guy from the cartel comes and he asks everybody. He tells this analogy about uh, he, he was a kid. He had he worked at a grocery store and. Uh, a lady who worked at the cashier as a cashier as, as, at his family's uh, grocery store for 10 years she worked there and one day his dad started to take $5 out of the till and put it in her pocket mm. and he asked each person now the guy's got a gun he's like you, somebody stole my money so what would you do if you saw this uh, this lady who we love like our family steal $10 out of the thing and one of the guys goes you know I tell her hey you do it again you're fired the other guy goes you know it's $10 hard to train somebody to, to be a cashier's just you know, just give him a warning and tell him. You tell him, you know, you do it again, you fire. And Marty goes, "You fire her because that wasn't the first. That was the first time she got caught. Yeah, that wasn't the first time she stole from. Right, right, right. So, and when I heard when I heard it put that way, it was like, yeah, wow. Like, what are the odds that when you catch somebody doing like this guy, the franchise, you think that was the first time he went? Oh yeah, I saw him. No. That was the first time that somebody ended up dead. Yeah. And so he had to answer for it. Yeah. You know? So people fuck off all the time and 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 cheat the system and steal and do all this shit. And then it's the one time that you get caught and mm-hmm. then or the one time that something bad happened. The one time that you were supposed to be on duty and something goes, but the thing that never happens. Yeah. The one time our friend slept in his car and the the his unit burned down or yeah. whatever. Like the Did one you get time. caught or something bad happens. Yes. And yeah. now it's like, okay, well, you were supposed to be at this post. Yeah. So what happened? And they're like, Oh uh, yeah, I was I was there, but I didn't see it. And then now they investigate you. Yeah. Boom! It turns out you're a liar. You know. So now they can reform the system all they want, but there's those people. It's it's still people in it. Yeah. You know. Sure. It's crazy. Yeah, it's true. So in April 2009, the DC the DC Office of Inspector General released a report implicating not only the Child and Family Services but several other local government parties for failing to meet their obligations in the Jack's case and potentially could prevent the four deaths. And that was from the Washington Post. Mm. So the family was supposed to receive monthly visits based on this housing placement. It never did. The school system didn't follow through when the girls dropped out of school. Police didn't fully investigate when they were called to the house. Cause you just, it's like, you know, not we'll go off about, you know, police, nothing, but he was just like, Hey, can you go check on this house? And they go, you know, how's everything going? You take a yeah. look in there. And it's like, everything's fine. It's like, you can't base your visit off of just what that person is mm-hmm. portraying to you. Yeah. Like, everything's, everything's great. Yeah. And you just go, all right, okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Of course they're going to put on, barring they do anything other than put on a fake smile and, you know, the kids aren't covered in shit. Yeah. Then you're going to go, okay, cool. Yeah. Unless that you come there and there's like actively fighting each other. Yeah. Then I would, I would expect a police officer to show up and be like, there's like real shit. There's like a robbery down the street. Like, yeah. hey, are you guys, did you guys eat today? Yes, we did, sir. Whatever the whatever script they're told to say. Right. We sure did. And I love my mom. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys have a nice oh. day. It never reminds me. You know, in that case, what was that case that girl that just passed away from that that Bumble thing? What was her name? I'm sorry. Um, Her name was Lauren Smithfield. Lauren Smith. I, 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 the article I read, it was like, um, I think it was the mom or something. They told the brother, the brother went in there, was like, wild and out about something. And mm-hmm. he was like, you leave him alone. That's a nice guy. Yeah, no, like, oh, yeah. You told me that, but I was like, no, I just yeah. thought it was just like, no, it's a nice guy. But it was like, they were like, they whoa, were whoa, like, whoa, man. Yeah, listen, that's crazy. That guy's nice. That's crazy. The guy, the, the last person who saw your sister alive, he's a good dude. Yeah, so don't yell at him. Yeah, oh, we're fighting. We we, it's it's going down now. But I didn't know it went that. I didn't yeah, know no, it, it was like, like it was like 
not only was it like that, but then it was like a week later, they're like, do you guys have any answers? Hey, man, listen, stop calling us. That's crazy. Okay, we're doing our job. Yeah. Leave us alone. Yeah. I just, I just had to bring that up. No, the whole like, shit is wild. That's wild. Okay. Um, yeah, so the school system didn't follow through with the girls dropping out of school. Police didn't fully investigate um, when they were called to the house. And the healthcare providers did not follow up on things that should have been red flags, according to the reports. Mm-hmm. The reports also faulted an overall lack of coordination and communication between the various agencies involved with the family. To enhance agency communication and coordination, Mayor Adrian Fenty proposed legislation, which was passed into law. This legislation amended the District of Columbia confidentiality rules to make them less rigid and more aligned with what is permitted under the federal law, the federal privacy laws um, of HIPP, HIPAA, mm-hmm. which is uh, the health. Yeah, yeah the health insurance, yeah. probability, and accountability. It's become it's become a hashtag these days. Is it? Well, it's people being like, um, you have to wear a mask, or like, are you vaccinated? That's against HIPAA. Like people learned, yeah, yeah, people learned an acronym, now you know and now you're in a Cracker Barrel yelling about HIPAA because you don't want to put a mask on. So it's become a thing people say now. Shut up. <laughs> um, and also the um, the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act of 1974. So in mid 2008, the fork, the home was foreclosed on. Mm. Um, the Jacks family, the house that they lived in, where the bodies mm. were found, was put up for sale. Assessed value was two hundred twenty thousand dollars. And when what year? Two thousand eight. Well, that was when the housing market crashed. <laughs> so assessed value was at two twenty. That's high. And the house was listed at one sixty three. Mm-hmm. Um, this was in September two thousand eight, and which slid down to ninety thousand by February two thousand nine. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and it went up for bank for for auction in March two thousand nine. Now. Th- that was just a bad time to be in housing in general, but I'm and, sure that yeah. f- for children yeah. being dead in the house, definitely who wants that house? Demolish this thing. Yeah, yeah. This we got to start over. Go. Yeah, yeah, you still got to start over on that. Uh, so rest in peace so, to Brittany, Brittany Jackson, who was 17, Tatiana Jackson, who was 11, Nakia Fogel, who was six, and Asia Fogel, who was five. Mm. The f- the messed up part is, and I don't, I'm not looking to blame anybody. I'm not looking to, I'm, I'm, let me say that again. I'm not looking to blame anybody. I'm just looking to like, flush out my idea and just speak it. That's all I'm ever looking to do is that the mom hasn't seen them since 2005 when she said, you can stay here, but you and your boyfriend can't stay here. Yeah. There's people who have seen this woman go from this doting mom and all this stuff to like, now they're all wearing white t-shirts and it seems like everybody just kind of minded their business or were like, she'll come around or, you know, we're just going through a thing right now. Like nobody was super pressed. And it seems like the signs were there that this lady was, like unfurling in front of everybody, you know, like putting the furniture outside, wearing big white t-shirts. That's weird. Yeah. Seeing the kids out in public in big white t-shirts, especially in a, in a, in a, in a black community when kids go from like barrettes in their hair and, and you know, the greased, greased parts and mm-hmm. you know, they're looking cute and all that type of stuff yeah. to like unkept. That's a, that is a something, that is something that you should keep an eye on. And we need to be more, it's, it's been happening more over the last few years. But we need to be more open and more receptive to like mental health care, yeah. And just being like, hey, because this lady, she could have used, hey, like, you want to want me to babysit the kids? Maybe go see a counselor or like go talk to somebody about grieving about your boyfriend dying of cancer. You know, it's not a coincidence that she said she had cancer. Yeah, she had what her boyfriend died of. You know, like trying to connect, yeah. reconnect to him that even though he's gone. You know, like yeah, but I feel like I don't know. I just think it's just too far. It's too far deep to try to help somebody in that. That mentality is just like, 
when it's like somebody's in your, it's like I think it's just it's too far gone. Oh, she was way off the deep end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, from 2005 yeah. to 2008, there was there were there were points in there, like when when her boy when her boyfriend dies in 2006 or 2007, whenever it was. Yeah. There are points when she doesn't come to the funeral. There are points in there to go like, hey, let me step in here and say like, hey, um, do you need, you should go see somebody and yeah. talk about this. But by the time you know, by the time it's like she's writing shit on the walls and all that stuff, it's gone. It's too late. Yeah. So it was yeah. she 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 slowly got to that point, you know. So I, I always try to just advocate for mental health resources for people, especially people that look like me, because I know that it's like, man, put your chin up. Yeah. Go, man, shut up. Go go to work. You yeah. know, like it's like just get over it. Just just go power through it. Yeah. You know, and it's like sometimes that doesn't that doesn't do anything. You know, and 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 it's still there, but now you've learned to just like be on autopilot and get through. And but the but the feelings are still there. So, I feel sorry for this woman in the sense that there was nobody to to that saw her drowning. Yeah. You know, and then put she was left in a position where she ended up harming her kids yeah and if the job was done the correct way even if they wasn't able to save them. they would have been able, they would have pulled the kids out yeah yes if the entire infrastructure because everybody failed it sounds like like yeah. the school the police the social workers like everybody was putting it off on the next person so that they could get home yeah and and then kids died yep so maybe they would not have been able to help her but she would have been left to her own depression and, 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 and her own dangers because her kids should have been removed. So that's absolutely fucking tragic, man. And I feel like, like I said, this, this story reminds me of the Michelle Blair case, which was the first case I ever did on this podcast. And I caught so much hell for that. And um, the conversation was absolutely held wrong and we were inexperienced and we didn't know what the fuck we were talking about. And we still don't know what the fuck we're talking about. I want to make that absolutely clear. I still don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Right. But I feel better equipped to talk about, uh, to try to explain how my growing up and my experience as a black person in America and put it into true crime. I feel like I've we both have gotten better at that. Yeah. And what I was trying to say them was like I understand the the punishment aspect of growing up in a black household and being from the 80s 90s generation. And she took it too far. That's what I was trying to figure out what I was saying. But it's but what I was met with was like it doesn't matter what that's never okay. Abusing your kid and it's like yes, I I understand that. And in this situation I'm trying to articulate like this woman was a victim of her own mental health problems. And maybe if she would have gotten some help, she wouldn't have hurt her kids. And I want to make sure that I'm not saying uh, it's not her fault that her kids got hurt mm. or anything like that. I'm not trying to, like, obfuscate any of her responsibility. I'm just saying this lady was drowning for a long time and she didn't get any help. And then she killed her kids. Yeah. You know, so I hope I did that. Yeah. Uh, just another side note. So the dude, the franchise, so he's, they said that he did not report the visit until January 9th in 2008. So... That was when they on, were dead. When that they were on killed. the day the bodies, the, the girls' bodies were fa- was discovered. That was the cover's ass. Yeah. So at the time the visit was made, such reports were not required. A rule requiring reports were not were r- reports when checking on the welfare of a residence was instituted in the wake of the Jacks case. So he didn't have to. Yes. He didn't have to do that, but he did it after they were 
found dead. After you were found dead, then it was like, oh, we every after after every visit, we you have to do this. This yeah. is a requirement. So I just just wanted to put that. I in. mean, listen, I'm never I'm never opposed to like change in the system. Like if even you know, like uh, we came on here f- a few weeks back and we talked about Astro World and we were like, uh, that's gonna change the entire concert venue industry. You're gonna see all these performers taking breaks. Like, are you guys good? You're gonna see a new and the reason is not. Of course, they care about their fans, but they also don't want anybody to die at their show. Yeah. So they're gonna go. Does everybody need water? And that makes that continues to make Travis Scott look bad when now everybody's going, hey guys, no mosh pits. Hey guys, hey, let's get some water out Free there. You know, like now everybody's gonna be like, no, this isn't I'm not getting Travis Scotted. Like that's now like a thing. Yeah. You know? And it takes sometimes it takes a tragedy to like reform things. But That's the shitty part about it. That's the shitty part about it. But the other shitty part is sometimes when stuff gets reformed. You get you get lulled back into a false sense of security, and then time goes by, and then you find the same loopholes. Does again, yeah. You know, it just happens again. It's cyclical. Reform is is cyclical. You reform it, and then people find a new way to cheat it, and 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 work around it and stuff, and then you end up in another situation where another tragic thing happens. So then you go, okay, well now we're gonna plug that, we're gonna plug that dam, uh, plug that hole in the dam, and now you plug that hole in the dam, and then a new hole. It's always because because humans are always trying to get over. It's in our nature. How can I do this job at fifty percent of the effort? Yeah. So when you talk about child protective services, the government, fucking union labor, it's all this, there's all this shiesty shit happening in, uh, in, 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 in uh, unions all the time because people are trying to, how can I uh, make money for myself, do less work? Especially if they don't like it. Yes. Yeah. You know, especially if, especially if they don't like it. So it's just like people are always going to try to get over it. It's just in human nature. And so it's great that reform happened, but I don't know. Um, how how much that changes if that stops kids from dying, or stops kids from you know being left in dangerous situations for too long yeah. and being traumatized? Because that's another part that doesn't get talked about. Like, let's say these kids don't die, and they just are left in this traumatic situation, and now sometimes sometimes you go through so much trauma that you're just you're just done. Like by eight, eleven years old, you've seen you've seen so much trauma now that you're just. You can never be a, a healthy functioning adult without years and years and years of therapy. Like it's impossible for you to not require years and years of therapy. And now you're just like a, ru- a ruined person. Yeah. You know, and that's bad too. Yeah. So it's Wait, just. Wait, so that guy I talked about, he didn't kill his kids though. Who? I remember. The one with the dreads. He didn't kill his kids. He just held them. Oh, no. He killed the shit out of his kids. So what? He put them in caskets and everything. What are you talking about then? Oh, you're talk- I thought you were talking about the guy, like his name is Marcus Wilson or Marcus. The guy with the dreads. I think you're talking about the guy. He had a vampire cult. Oh, I thought so. He I wrote maybe, his own maybe Bible. I'm, maybe I'm thinking about something because it was another one where we talked about it with Billy and Paul. I remember seeing a video where the kids was talking about. I don't know what. I don't know what case that was. I gotta look into that. I'm getting I'm that might have been that case, but that guy he he might not have killed all the kids. Okay, that's probably what it was. He had a okay, lot of yeah, kids. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, he had a lot of kids. Some of those kids survived. Survived. Okay, then that's but then those right. kids as they got older. But that's what they, I mean. Yeah, they, that's my. That's why were, I brought it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they were traumatized. Yeah yeah, 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 they were traumatized. Some of them committed that's suicide. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, we're talking about the same case. Okay. I think he had like, he had like a sixteen. He had like a bunch of kids. Yeah, I remember doing. I remember seeing interviews and talking. I'm like, wait. He well, killed he the killed younger kids. Yeah, he killed gotcha. the younger okay. kids. There were older kids who like had jobs and right. stuff like tripping. that. Right, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, 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 yeah. You're talking about Marcus, Marcus something, Marcus Russell or Marcus Wilson is his name from Sacramento, California, um, or like up there, up up top, California, yeah. like Stockton or something. Um, but yeah, no, uh, that that's a fucking tragic case, man. And uh, 
yeah, I don't know. Uh, if you're having weird thoughts, if you're going through something traumatic, you should go and sp- speak to mental health professionals. It's it's the best option. Like, you don't know how to process things, you don't know how to cope, then you should go talk to somebody that can help you do that. So, yeah, rest in peace to all those kids, man. It's fucking tragic. Let's go ahead and get into these good vibes. Welcome back to our Good Vibe segment. My Good Vibe this week is about a a terminally ill teen who must to live donates life savings to six-year-old boy fighting cancer. Now, people it's beautiful this kid is terminally ill stop complaining about stupid shit i like the message there just people are going through way worse shit than we are no nobody's promised tomorrow i know you have to deal this is your life you have to deal with what happens in your life you can't control the things but Mm, some stupid shit just just people are this kid is about to die Yes. I don't mean it just to be harsh, but yeah, I mean like yeah, yeah, no, but it's true. Don't complain about stupid shit and be crying about dumb shit. For sure. Oh, that's my wallet. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> now I'm reading my story. Rise Rise Lankford, nineteen, has bone cancer mm. and has tragically been told that he has just months left to live. Mm. He was first diagnosed when he was eight, just eighteen and went through a grueling sixteen months of chemotherapy. But in a in a devastation, a devastating turn, the cancer returned, and Langford has been told um, he has just between six to three months left to live. Just, oh, I can't. Mm, that's just it's crazy. Recently, the kind-hearted teen heard about a six-year-old Jacob Jones, who lives in the same town um, in Wales, has been fighting cancer of the nerve cells. I'm not even going to try to read that medical huge yeah. word. Gotcha. The youngster was given the all clear, but a new lesion recently appeared on Jacob's liver and his family, who are waiting for a biopsy to be performed, fear his disease has returned. Mm. Amazingly, Langford sent set up a GoFundMe page for Jacob and has donated 1,000 pounds to get things going. On the page, Langford wrote. Um, so he put the first thousand up. He put the first thousand up. As many of you know, I started my cancer journey when I was 18. When I was 18, October 2020, I was diagnosed with uh, the bone cancer. Mm. I went through 16 months of intensive chemotherapy, limb salvage surgery, um, immunotherapy, physiotherapy, Mm -hmm. and many infections, two blood clots, internal bleeding, blood, and um, patellate transfusions. Mm. It's a lot of words there. Yeah. In November 2021, I started to get sick again. Ended up with sepsis and a mm. massive blood clot in the in the femoral vein. <sighs> I spent nearly five weeks in the hospital again. Underwent further tests, MRIs, CT scans, and to be told, full uh, January the fourth this year, my cancer has come back and spread very quickly to my lungs. Now, those are good vibes. I'm sorry. Yes. But no. Also, it, what it, is it he doesn't, doing? It doesn't matter that you can't go to. A Super Bowl party, yeah, coming up. Just, just yeah. let that sink in, folks. Just, just, just think about it. But yeah, I mean, what this kid is doing right now, mm. you know, his situation sucks. Going through hell, but he's going through hell. He has months to live, but he's like, it's not about me, right? This, is, I'm helping another kid right now. Yes, not, and that's just that's different. That's just a different mindset, man. Yeah, and that for me in that situation, I'm like, fuck the world. Yeah, 
You know, it's it's easy to fall into that, to depression, that, to that mood, depression, depression, all kinds of stuff. But he's, the existential crisis of it all, like to know. They're saying three to six months, so I won't be here next year. Yeah, it might not be three. It might not be three. Maybe it'll be seven months. Yeah, but it's not gonna. It's probably not gonna be twelve months. Yeah, if they're saying three to six, and you gotta you gotta wrangle with that. And before you go to sleep, every day, man, every day you're like, okay, I'm withering away. Yeah, but what am I gonna do today? That's why that Chadwick Boseman shit is when, when I found out that he was he was going and visiting kids at fucking cancer patient yeah. units and shit, and nobody knew he had cancer. He's yeah. filming this movie, and he's suffering in silence and being stoic about it, and like. Go, it's about other people and yeah. how much of a I got this much time left how much can I do yeah it, it, it shit is it, it changed your whole perspective on life yeah man, man. so I just wanted to shout, give a shout out to um, Roz Langford and, and the things he's doing to help that young kid uh, Jacob Jones I hope people are raising money for him yeah, yeah, go do his thing. I'm sure they go are. do yeah, something. Yeah. You know, like yeah. But he's I'm, like, it's not. I'm not putting attention I get that. on me. I get that, yeah, and yeah. I appreciate that. But yes. I want to give. I want to give Rise some money. Yeah, yeah. yeah I true. want him to go to fucking Knott's Berry Farm or something. I want him to go do whatever his thing is that he wants to do. Man, that's yeah. beautiful. Man, it's powerful. Uh, my good vibe story this week is about a high school, a, a group of high school athletes who were shoveling snow for their for their neighbors as special weight as a special weightlifting assignment for the football team. So, for people who don't know, the East Coast has been getting hit with a lot of different snowstorms. Uh, Baltimore has been left unharmed for the most part. We've gotten some snow, but it hasn't been it hasn't been shut down. Worried, we haven't gotten twenty inches of snow or anything like that. But it's been uh, the East Coast has been getting hit and students in Western Pennsylvania had a snow day last Monday. But instead of staying home or meeting for an indoor workout, these teens on a high school football team were instructed by their coach to get outside and help their neighbors. Coach Brian Delalo at Beth Park High School near Pittsburgh took Pittsburgh Pittsburgh uh, took to Twitter, took to Twitter to announce Monday weightlifting sessions in the gymnasium was canceled but he had also in a, he had an alternative assignment for the young men i'm not really good at pittsburgh it's like damon waynes due to the unexpected severity of the weather <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, monday's weightlifting workout was canceled um so they decided to go out and find elderly and, and disabled neighbors and shovel their driveway um and that was their monday workout why is there commercials on here get out of here it's the will smith playlist um Got to make his money where he can. Fresh Prince. Yeah, it's like it's a YouTube video. You need to monetize that. Uh, he also told the boys not to accept any money. By mid morning, more than twenty seven of the athletes were texting mm. photos, texting photos to the coach, with some, <laughs> with some saying they were on their sixth driveway. One of the students even reported that his elderly neighbors were not accepting their non payment requirement, insisting on a donation. I'm sure you don't have any problem with that, huh? Man, look. If you somebody, give me money. Making me money, I go. No, I don't. I, yeah, I don't you only do that once. Here, okay. Thank you. <laughs> you only get one thank of those. You so God bless you. Oh, I couldn't possibly. <laughs> no, no, I insist. All right, if all right, all right okay. You all right, yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> well, if you insist, yeah, you I only guess. get one of those. Yeah. One. <laughs> what better workout than shoveling driveways? Uh, he was a, the guy, but the kid was a junior on the team who went from house to house offering their services with teammate Colton Pfeiffer. Uh, it's just a, it's just nice to get out there helping out the community, just helping out others in need. Uh, we'd love to do it for everybody that we can. Echo Deluca, uh, Del Duca. So and there's a video of the local news showing them shoveling snows up there in Pittsburgh. And uh, yeah, man, I'm a very big fan of community and rallying together. And I remember one time there was a snowstorm at my old house a few years back, and the street the street sweeper didn't come down our road. Hmm. 
and everybody got out there and just like Started. in their section, like you know, there's like your house and the house across the street from you, okay. and then their house and and everybody like did that. That's dope. And it was all out there at the same time, pretty much. And by like, and you know, within like an hour, an hour and a half, the street was clear. You know, so it's like you get more stuff done as a community, man. And, and I think that's under undervalued and under under like utilized as the human species is like com- intercommunal work. Like you get more done as a colony and we're so separate in this echo chamber and that echo chamber and this social politics and this, that, and the third, when it's like, sometimes you got to step out and just talk about existing as a, as humans yeah. and not get caught up in like, I'm this and I'm that and I'm left and this and center. And it's like, we're all humans, man. And if there's a fire, it burns everybody the same way. Like we should, we should be focused on like how how can we come together as people? And, yeah. and I'm not saying social politics and social issues don't matter, but like sometimes in the you got to think of the grand scheme of things and what what we can get accomplished as humans. And so I think we should just like this is a, this is a situation of that. So I just like stories like that. I don't know. And I'm mad at Will Smith for fucking putting on a commercial during his YouTube video. <laughs> That'll be the last time I play your playlist, Will Smith. Bad boys. Um, so, yeah. So, that was my good vibe story. Uh, f- on the way out, let's go. Let's see. Um, my Thousand Pound Sisters is coming to a head. It's been a great season so far. Um, Euphoria, great. Finished Ozark. This is the last season, mm. but they did the thing where they only put out half of the season. Okay. So, it left me on a big cliffhanger, Fran. Mm. It's such a good show. I can't wait for the other half of the season to drop. It's it's one of my favorite shows ever. Okay. And uh yeah, oh, and I started watching this show. This show's going to be dangerous for me because like I um am I have a big crush on the the lead actress on the show and it's like a show about alcoholism and I'm like, "Oh, I'm attracted to messes." It's this show called Single Drunk Female. Hmm. And the lead is funny and charming, but the the character's like a a, a shit show like a mess mm-hmm. but the show's really funny it's on uh freeform i don't know what channel that is but it's on hulu you can watch it on okay. hulu. so those are three things that i'm watching you Me what? what do you got going on what are you oh, listening uh, to i'm watching i just started watching the janet jackson docuseries <laughs> things that you choose i love michael jackson Let just me. the family entirely man <laughs> the whole jackson clan yeah so that's the reason you picked it what it's just i just uh, you got to take me through your thought process okay what? so you get so you get off work, you come home, yeah. and you're like, "What am? What's gonna be the thing that I pick tonight? What is? What are you? No, what are you?" Not. I get home, um, stay out of family. I play with the kids for a little bit, of course. Then uh, eat, mm-hmm. uh, hop on laptop for a little bit. Then I lay down, uh-huh. and then I just, just pick some, take it through, and see what's on. And that'll be the first. It, it like, sounds like that's the first thing that caught your eye because that's like. So Jen, Jess, I was like, "Oh, watch this." <laughs> then I started watching. I was like, "Oh shit." It's good? Yeah, like, I didn't know it was 10 of them. I it's thought it was 10 seven. episodes of it? No, it was 10 kids. I thought it was seven. Oh, yeah. Well, some of them weren't, like, useful. That's not the point, though. I didn't know it was... I like, 10 I, children. I didn't know it was 10 of them. Mm-hmm. I didn't know... The, oh, I, it was Otis. I didn't know anything about her. Rebe. I didn't know anything about her. And mm-hmm. then it was, like, Brandon, and then it's like, somebody else. <laughs> Brandon Jackson? Yeah. There's like, Randy. He was in the group, though. And it was like, yeah, it was, but it was three that the, wasn't, wasn't in, in the group. group. Yeah, yeah. yeah, uh-huh. yeah or yeah. four. Something like that. LaToya. You got no, no LaToya. You know Janet was the youngest, and mm-hmm. she was the youngest. Mm-hmm. Most talented dope, girl. I thought it was dope, man. And just it it's shows just one of, how many episodes? It's there? it's two. It's like they like two hours long though. Oh, but it shows though. It shows what she had to deal with as far as being 
Michael Jackson's sister. Yeah. And it was like, she had a problem with it. It was like, um, people come up to her and like, I love Michael. And this, it's just always, my me always yeah, comes like, yeah. up. And it was just like, it's like Marsha, Marsha, Marsha type of shit. Like, yeah, it's like, it was me? just like, oh, I can't autograph. Oh, we love Michael. Like, <laughs> I got Michael Jackson's sister's autograph. Right. I don't want to keep hearing this shit. Big I shadow, man. This shit. And it's like, uh, who's the, you know, her husband's that she had. She got married like twice. Mm. She was young. No, she was dating Jermaine Dupree. Which yeah, I but she had else. like she dated um so I thought he was, Chico DeBarge's brother. He was like a drug addict. The, oh wow, okay, yeah. the light skin, those DeBarge's man. Yeah, and um, I thought I thought Jermaine Jackson hit pretty out of his league on that one. I, I, gave, I mean, I know he's like talented and super producer and all that yeah. kind of stuff, but that doesn't matter when you're talking about Janet Jackson. Yeah, yeah. it would be like it would like bringing up somebody's accolades with Jennifer Lopez. It's like, True. yeah, she's Jennifer Lopez though. Like I don't, I know I get I get it. You like play baseball or whatever, but yeah. like that doesn't matter t- to her. You know, yeah. so for me, I was like, "Jan," because he's like five five. He's a little guy. Yeah, true. He's funny looking. Yeah, but I, uh, the first one I seen, I didn't see the second one because it goes in. The second episode goes into like the whole Super Bowl shit, all that mm. shit. And I do want to know what more about that was. Yeah, she was like banned from shit after yeah. that, and it's like it was trending wanna, on Twitter yesterday. Yeah, whenever, it, it was trending this week. I liked sure. it. I liked it. I learned a lot. Of I stuff, might have to though. check it out. I, yeah. It wasn't on my radar though. But now that you're telling me you watched yeah, it, it's just I didn't know they still own. They still own the house that they grew up in, the little house. Oh yeah, and Gary. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's probably like making a museum or something. Dope. It's super dope, though. Like. Yeah, yeah, man. I don't think people can comprehend before we get out of here how famous Michael Jackson was. Insane. And And it'll never be. You can talk about Drake or Taylor Swift or Ariana Grande, how many followers on Instagram or whatever they have, but, like, it is incomprehensible. She said she went to a show and was like, oh, shit. Like, he's that, he's that big. But, but that dude was... He had the fucking hair, the sunglasses. He came in with glitter, fucking. And he was mysterious. Was God, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing that makes fame. Fame will never be what it was because everybody not only now knows everything about their favorite artist, yeah. but they also feel entitled to know more. Yeah. It's like, I already know where you're from, who your mom's name is, what you Crazy. do, your kid's name, all this kind of stuff. But like, what'd you eat today? Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. Why haven't you been on Instagram in the last p- a week? You haven't posted. I know I know way more than I need to know. I know that I'm posting pictures of your kid. Whenever I see people, and it's become so normalized, but whenever I see that, you know, people like Stan, Beyonce's daughter, Blue Ivy. Blue Ivy. She's oh. become like a like she's like a she's like an internet celebrity. She's like a meme, and people will post pictures of this woman's children, use her pictures of her of her children as their uh, Twitter icons and, and, and Instagram icons, calling their oh look look at my look at my little sister Blue Ivy. It's like it's sycophantic, bro. Like it's so weird how obsessed people have become with fan. I mean, with like their fandom. I'm yeah. a I'm a beehive. I'm a Barbie or whatever. You know, like it's become so sick and toxic. And yet they still want more from you. Yeah. Like, you know, nobody knew anything about Michael Jackson in 1986. They just, they were just like, Michael Jackson's coming here. A tour or music. That was it. Michael Jackson's coming to Duluth, Minnesota. Everybody's going to be there. (laughs) Everybody's going to be there tonight. The whole city. He went on a world tour that started in another country. Yeah. That's crazy. Arenas. (laughs) Grown men passing out. Passing out. Passing, just got to pick them up, pass them to the back of the crowd. Put him in an ambulance. The that show must was, go on. She was crazy. The whole arena rocking. No people. Will, the Beatles. Yeah. When the Beatles came to America and blew. People don't know, and they never will know. I don't care how famous you are today. It's it's inco- it's inconceivable. You had to be there to really understand that level of. I go and look at old Beatles archives. You know they have the old footage. Mm-hmm. Also, all that old footage from those things. It all looks fake. All the black and white footage yeah. of people. It's always. This, they had, it came out with listening. I heard it was boring as fuck. If you like the Beatles, it's not boring. Oh, okay. Like I like, I like. I'm a Beatles fan, so you I watched liked, it. 
I've, I mean, it's like it's like 40 hours of oh. television. Like, it's like the first one I watched, I was like, this is good. It was like three hours long. And it was like, this is part one of seven. Shit. So it's like, it's a lot of television. But it's like them recording them demos, them finding songs for the first time, which is like, that's always, I always like that I stuff. I like that when too. You, it's like a studio session. They'll be like, you're like, oh, that's Blackbird. Yeah. They, they found it. And you see the moment where they're like, let's try to flush that out. Yeah. So that's what it is. And if you like the Beatles, then it's that. But it's inconceivable when you watch them like get off a plane and they're like, oh my God, it's Paul. It's like kids in fur coats and be like, he's my favorite. It all yeah. like looks fucking fake as shit, all that, all that footage. But it's real. Like these are kids who are like obsessed and flooded the streets for these people. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Like fame is inconceivable today. I understand there's paparazzis and all that shit and Kim Kardashian and Kanye West and all. I get it. But it's inconceivable. You don't understand it. You'll <laughs> never understand what it's like to be Michael Jackson in 1985. Wow. Like fucking thriller, the fucking album's out. Yeah, and you it's just—it's not even just uh, like the talent that he had was the longevity. Yes, for so goddamn long, man. And the that's and the star power. Yeah, like that's the other part. Like the the star power. You know what I mean? Like because today, you know, I'm not here to be like obsessing over famous people. I don't give a shit. But I'm just saying, like today, like you know who doesn't have star power? That dude, Post Malone. He makes good music. He's a weird looking dude. And he has a weird voice, and he doesn't like wow you. He puts he reminds he's in the category of Florida, and what I mean by that is oh please flush this out. What I mean by that is the audience that he gets with his music it, it wasn't that wasn't what it was supposed to be. I believe okay, Florida was a rapper, but his oh, lane of music is it went yeah it just caught a different 16 wave. Sixteen year old white it just girls. caught a different wave, and I think yeah. Post Malone was the same his 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 career started off the same exact way. Yeah, like, like it the wasn't, artist it wasn't. It wasn't meant t- I wasn't that. it wasn't meant to be this, but it, it wasn't meant for black people. Okay. It was meant for like, <laughs> like just, I don't know. It just wasn't. I feel okay. like more white black people listen to his music than Oh, for like, sure. No, he's a like, mega star. I feel like he was like, oh people, shit, well this 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 sticked. And black so people like some post Malone. Black people like some post Malone. I like Post Malone. But yeah, he is he yeah. is uh, a little culture vulture with the you know, the way that he raps and stuff like yeah. that. White Iverson and all that kind of stuff. And he said the N word in the video, which is like Did he? Yeah. They all they all have Biebs. The the Bieber has one of those out too. Does he? Oh, Bieber was singing it. I'm not a just. You're gonna fan. be one less lonely nigga. Did he? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Oh, crazy. At, at young. Swoop. Swoop. Bieber. When? He was like 14. In a song? No, he was like in an interview. They were recording. He didn't know, but I don't. They get. I guess they asked, asked him to sing a parody song. I don't really oh, know the shit. context of it, but it's crazy. I don't if you that. look it up, you're like, I don't. Why would that. you sing this song? So yeah, no. They all have those videos out. You know, they all get caught saying stupid shit, and then they try to redeem themselves and become clean cut and all this goofy shit you know whatever um but uh my point is yeah fame is a motherfucker man yeah and i couldn't imagine being michael jackson's little sister but you know something she she did it though yeah she made her own lane yeah which is hard to do because a lot of album album called control and Mm -hmm. it was like i'm taking control control of my life yeah no it's for sure and then she never looked back and now she's janet jackson she's not michael jackson's little sister yeah yep so yeah, man. Um, yeah. Well, you. Um, thanks for recommending that. I'm gonna have yeah. to check that out. Um, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 